0: betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc the bulls currently have a higher chance at having a top four pick than
1: they do and make in the playoffs. This has brought about a lot of questions from the Bulls fan base on what should this team's focus be on the back half of the season. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about uh injury update to Javante Green. That is even more concerning. Zach Levine's playing his best basketball, and we're g- diving into the mailbag. All that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. I'm the host here, Hayes. Right off the top, you guys can follow me at CEO Hayes, the CEO H A Let's get into it. So the Bulls right now have a higher chance at a lottery pick than what they do at making the playoffs. And by ak's own words in which he said on media day in september that the expectation was for internal improvement right now the chicago bulls would have to go 17 and 0 uh starting with our game on wednesday uh to reach last season's uh record of 46 and 36 and so that we all know that that's not happening then not only is making the playoffs a bit of a outlier and, and not a high probability of that Right now, we aren't even in the play-in. Now, with Indiana uh, losing last night to this uh, to the 76ers, the Bulls are back in the 11th seed right now. Uh, game and a half back from Washington. We do not play until Wednesday in which we play Denver, which is going to be a big test for the Chicago Bulls. But a lot of Bulls fans now have been asking, what should we be doing? Is it time to go tank? Is it time to let things play out? Should we still be fighting for a play-in spot? Should we be trying to increase our chances at keeping our own lottery pick and avoid that pick going to the Orlando Magic. And there's some, you know, valid points in each one of those arguments, right? If Each one of those things, when you look at it, the chance to quote-unquote tank, right? Uh, at that point, then, you are increasing your your stock. You could then get a high-quality player, if you draft correctly, that comes in if the Bulls are able to keep on to their own top-four pick. Now, you do run the risk of not winning the lottery. At that point, then, you're probably giving up a super-high pick to the Orlando Magic. But at this point, the Bulls really... Can't worry about any other team. They have to try to to improve their roster, the talent here, as best as humanly possible. So there's an argument there. Then there's an argument to be made about the team continuing to fight, show some heart, and trying to make this play-in tournament and then seeing what happens then when the season restarts in the postseason and can the Bulls then win the play-in tournament and at least get a playoff berth and then see how it goes there. Right. I understand all aspects and ways of thinking when it comes to those things. But when it just when it's all said and done, the way that I look at it is right now, the Bulls are increasing their lottery odds by not, quote unquote, tanking on purpose. So the way that I see it is that this Bulls team is still going to allow this team to come this season to come to whatever the natural conclusion of it is. And I do think there is something to be said. I want to see the team compete. I want to see the team try to give some heart regardless. And I do think even with giving that heart, I think the Bulls are still going to wind up in the lottery. Now, of course, if we lose more games than we win, it Increases the number of ping pong balls that we have in the lottery and increases our chances to get a top four pick. But you know, keep in mind, look at the slim chances we had when we got Derrick Rose. I don't necessarily think at this point you have to try to tank to get there. I think you just keep playing things out at hell the way the roster's been playing. We're probably going to get there anyway. So, you know, I understand every bit of the level of thinking that goes into it, like I said, but I just I really don't know. Like I, I I've said AK and Eversley need to pick a direction. Of course, getting a top four pick, and God forbid, if the Bulls do get or do get lucky to, to the point where they get the number one overall pick, it definitely helps the team pick that direction. But then we're still betting on Billy Donovan to be the one to develop whoever we get with that lottery pick. And that brings about its own concerns um there. So uh, at the when I, when I look at it right now, yes, the Bulls do have. Um, a higher chance at at winning the lottery and let's hope that you know whatever however the season ends if the Bulls do they're going to need some luck anyway because there is a complete possibility the Bulls wind up with the best rec I mean the the best chance to get the number one overall pick or a top four pick and it still does not happen that is the nature of the draft lottery you never know which way it's going to go you never know who the NBA is going to decide to help and give a little extra nudge nudge to conspiracy theorists here uh that was a little bit of a joke i don't know how funny it was but it was a little bit of a joke um so (laughs) um this season has just been tough all jokes aside this season's been rough and however the season ends and comes to the conclusion conclusion like i said ak and eversley they need to do some serious work with this roster and if that comes via having a high lottery pick then you do maybe move some things I, i i really don't know i really don't know but um it's it's frustrating. This season has been one of the most frustrating seasons as a Bulls fan for me. Not the most frustrating. Yes, we've had way worse seasons um, than this, but It's just the calamity around the Chicago Bulls organization has left much to be desired. And we'll see where the conclusion ends up coming to. Um, It'll really inform how my draft coverage is going to be this offseason because there's a complete chance that I don't have to do any draft coverage because the Bulls ain't got no picks. So we'll see how things go, uh, how it works out. Now, we did get another update on Javante Green. Um, uh, Basically, it's much like the Lonzo Ball thing, not as severe, but um, he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. Keep in mind, we have like five weeks left in the season, maybe a little bit under that. Um, I'm, I, I've said this before. Javante Green is not coming back this season, and the biggest question is: is what for the Bulls left is? What does this mean for his off season? What does this mean for his free agency? Um, does this help the Bulls retain him if they choose and want to do so? Those are the biggest questions I think. I'm um, looking at Javante that you know surrounding it. It means to me, but uh, I mean personally. The way I feel and the way that I'm looking at it is that you know it's just it 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 kind of more fits in line with how the season is gone if he does not return and so it sucks. Um, I would love to see Javante Green back out there for a playoff push, run, whatever you want to call it, just to end the season and give us some excitement. But all signs and as we know with the Chicago Bulls organization, when they start saying things like reevaluated in two weeks, it hasn't made much movement. There hasn't been much improvement. Listen, I do, I'm fully expecting in two weeks for AK to get out there and be like, yes, we're shutting down Javante Green for the rest of the season. That's what I'm personally expecting. I would love to be proven wrong on that. This is one of those things where if this comes in and he and he <laughs> proves, me, proves my statement and my concern that he's not going to play at all this season, I would love to see that. I would love to see Javante Green back out there. And I do hope for his career, whether it is here with Chicago or goes on with another team, I would absolutely love to see Javante Green uh, just continue to do his thing, man um so you know prayers up to him let's hope that um the improvement continues for him and he does you know can come back maybe two weeks left in the season maybe for a playing push if we get there um because I would love to see Javante Green on the court for the Chicago Bulls now next up we're going to talk about Zach Levine he's been playing the best basketball of the season post all-star break he is averaging 31 points per game he's doing so on uh 57% shooting from the field, 51% shooting from three-point range. He's 90% in free throw range. He is the 50-40-90 player, really 50-50-90, which is back to that elite level of offense. 50-40-90, for those that don't know, if you can average 50% shooting from the field, 40% shooting from three-point range, 90% shooting from free throw range, and you're a high-value player on top of that, that that is a sign of elite offensive player. Also, he's thrown in three rebounds a game. About three assists per game, a half a block per game, a half a steal per game, and he's only averaging two turnovers a game. Now, we do need to see that late, but that is since the, the All-Star break. If you look at his numbers prior, pre-All-Star break, he was averaging 24 points per game, so that's a seven-point increase. He was also shooting 46% from the field, so 10 percentage points. Above that, he was shooting, 54, uh, he was shooting 36% from three-point range, so he's now shooting 51%, an increase there as well. We're seeing Zach Levine increase every aspect of his game. Now, his assist numbers are down. He was averaging 4.1 assists prior to the All Star break. He's averaging 2.8 now. But that goes in with having an actual point guard in Pat Bev, who has said he doesn't want to see Zach pass. He wants to see Zach score. So, you know, this has brought about the questions, you know, is like the signs that you're seeing from Zach Levine, is this enough to show again that he is now the de facto number one on this team? And I would say that. In this time, the Bulls right now, since since Zach Levine has been playing, yes, they've been playing with a better pace. Um, they've been playing with with uh, they've been scoring more. Keep in mind, the Bulls have been early in the season, according to numbers, a really great defense with a piss poor offense. The, the Chicago Bulls have scored one hundred and twenty two, one hundred and four, and one hundred and fifteen points in their last three games. Now, of course, in that games, they've given up one hundred and twenty five each of the last two games. So there is definitely some concern there. But at the end of the day, the the with Zach Levine being the more aggressive and dominant version of himself and efficient. That becomes the thing. It's efficiency with Zach Levine. We know he can go out and score. We know he can put you can put the ball in his hands and expect him to do some things. But one of the biggest things always with Zach Levine is the efficiency. You have to be an efficient offensive player, especially when you're not the necessarily the best defensive player. Not necessarily. He's not the best defensive player. So you have to be locked in in those areas, and you have to be an efficient um, uh, shooting team, I mean, shooting player, when when you're not necessarily a lockdown defender, and Zach Levine has been that. Now, it has not translated to wins, and you now see everybody quoting the article that came out as far as Zach and Vooch having the lowest win percentage. They both have been on terrible teams, not necessarily holding that 100% against them, but as we know, Zach Levine is not the type of player that you can build a championship team around with him being a one. He's just not. He's a 2A level player in a high two level a but you have to have the, the a a high IQ team around him and you then probably have to have at least one other player better than Zach Levine and probably a player as good as Zach Levine as well on that roster to really pro- try to build the best roster possible with Zach Levine being on it and Zach has come under criticism rightfully so after signing the biggest uh, deal in franchise history and it's come out this season at least to start the season he was not the efficient player he was playing bad. The basketball IQ moments in the fourth quarter, the cost in the Bulls games, the not smart decisions, all those things were there, and he rightfully got critiqued for it. Now, Zach Levine is playing some of his best basketball, and the way that I look at it is this. If you're going to keep Zach Levine on this team, it has now shown you you have to have a high-level point guard next to him. You have to. And so, in this offseason, in what AK and Eversley, whatever they do... They have to be looking, if Lonzo Ball is not coming back, to bring in a high-level point guard to help manage Zach Levine. You have to. And so, as this team goes forward into this offseason, regardless of what the conclusion of this season is, that needs to be one of the things high on the board of A.K. and Eversley to address in this year's offseason. And if you don't do that, And, you know, shout out to, and hopefully Zach Levine also, he goes into the offseason having a healthy offseason so he can work on his game and things like that and not be doing rehab, surgery, recovery, and things like that. But Zach Levine has stepped up in a big way. I just wish that it was coming via wins, and it's not. And so, you know, you have to look at those things. You have to evaluate those things, and we'll see what the Chicago Bulls front office does. But I do want to commend Zach Levine for being a better version of himself. That is what he got paid for, despite I know some Bulls fans are going to say, well, we're paying him for $40 million. You need to be this. You need to be that. They paid him for what he did. They paid him for the efficient player that he showed himself that he could be. He's getting back to that. Let's hope he finishes the season strong, drives that momentum into the offseason. And if we can get this version of Zach Levine to start off next season and to maintain for a full season, the Bulls are going to be in a much better place. You still got to change a lot of things on the roster. Now talking about things not being utilized on this roster correctly, we got to talk about Marco Simonovic and Daniel Greenberg has been tweeting this out and I've been loving it. So uh, Marco Simonovic in his last two G League games, he had 16 points and 13 rebounds, five of those being offensive rebounds in his last game last night. He had 21, 26 points, 21 rebounds and 10 of those being off off, uh, offensive rebounds. Now, as we know, Everything does not translate one-for-one one in the G League play. But when you have a team that you, you, get, you, you cut Goran Drogic, and then you signed another point guard that you immediately then sent down to the G League, and we have Marco Simonovic, who has been, and rightfully so, Bulls fans have been asking, what's the plan with Marco? right? At this point, especially at where we are in the season, I would much rather the Bulls play. And even- Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. And if he gets rebounds and gets blown up on defense, you then know what you need to do. Cut his ass. Do something. Right? You have this player that is taking up a guaranteed roster spot because he's not on a two-way deal. And yes, his His deal is partially guaranteed next season. Technically, the Bulls can get out from under that. I don't necessarily see that coming from AK. AK is a guy who likes to give his rookies their full-time term of their contract. But I think when we look at what Marco Simonovic is doing in the G League and what he has done, it's proven. He's not going to learn anything else from the G League. Throw his ass out there. We need some size. We need some shooting. We need offensive rebounding. He brings all of that. Yes, he's going to get exposed on defense, but how do you expect him to grow if you do see a future with him if you're not allowing him to go through those experiences of NBA defense? He's not going to learn anything playing G League defense. NBA defense is what he needs to play in. And if if they're not going to have him on the, on the roster next season, getting actual minutes, even if it's eight minutes a game, send his ass away. And that's not to say that Marco still doesn't have some potential at the NBA level. There are players, I'll tell you what, there are players that are getting minutes in the NBA this season that's defense is just as bad as Marco Simonovich, but they don't have the scoring and rebounding upside as he does either. That's something you need to look at. And it, it just, again, it highlights the fact that this Bulls franchise, whether it's the coaching staff, whether it's the front office, whatever it is, their development planning for these young players that you bring into this roster has been piss poor. For the last two, three years almost, you have to improve this. You have to come up with something and show us some. Stop giving contracts to people who you're not going to play. Stop giving contracts to people who have skill sets that we theoretically need that you're not going to put in the game. Stop giving contracts to people who you sign and then you ju- they just disappear. They wither away in the G League. What is the point? He is on a guaranteed contract but we what we treat him and play him as if he's on a G League contract and not an actual NBA deal. Fix it. We have to be better in, about the way that we use our contracts in this franchise. You already have an ownership group that doesn't allow you the leeway to go into the luxury tax. Why are we wasting contracts for people you ain't going to play? Let's figure that out as we go forth in this offseason and into the next season. Okay, since we're in the down period, one of the longest down periods after the All-Star break, we're going to go ahead. We're going to dive into the mailbag during the week today. We're going to get this first one in. This one's from Andre.
2: What's up, P? Hey, how you doing? Uh, my name is Andre. I'm just a uh, big fan of your um, your podcast or your YouTube channel, and I just want to call in and uh, give you uh, something that I've been thinking about recently. So, obviously, the Bulls are going to have to go in a different direction in terms of roster construction. And, um, obviously, DeMar DeRozan is probably going to be our biggest trick that we can trade I was thinking about doing this trade right here, sending DeMar DeRozan to Toronto, uh, send him back home, you know, in the final year of his contract, and he can end his career possibly where it all started. Send them to Toronto for OG and Anobi and also fatty Young. The reason why I would want to do that trade, maybe even possibly a second-round pick, given the value of DeMar DeRozan, um, but OG and Anobi, to me, him and Patrick Williams can be interchangeable with starting forwards in the NBA. Yes, we will lose some of that offensive um, firepower that Demar Derozan brings as a shot creator. But I think what what the Bulls have to do, is with the assumption that Patrick Williams will continue to ascend, you got two wings that are about six seven six eight that are both two way players. We would have to be able to turn. Offense into defense. Sorry, defense into offense. And OG Anunoby is in the final year of his contract. He's, he's um, a better version of Patrick Williams now. But a little more mature offensively. He's also leading the league in steals. So you get him. You get Patrick. uh We got two six seven six eight forwards that are interchangeable. That can play both. You know, offense and defense can can space the floor better than you have than you could with Demar Derozan. And also, they they can attack the run, They can run in transition. So we'd have to be able to turn defense to offense, and that's the thinking that I have with that trade. And also you get back Thaddeus Young, you know, a Bulls veteran, good friend of Zach Levine, he, he can give us some depth off the bench from the four spot, because right now we clearly have problems, and it seems like we're, we're playing, we're playing four guards in the center more often than not. So in certain matchups, Thaddeus Young still has something left in the tank, he can give us a solid veteran on the bench, uh, has played winning basketball, and I think that will be a good trade for us going forward. We probably can get a better package, but I'm thinking the potential of OG and Novi and Patrick Williams as forwards for the next four or five years will be a good starting point, a good jumping point for the Bulls to go in the right direction going forward. Uh, that's all I got. Go Bulls and C-Raiders.
1: Rays right, and Andre comes up with something that I've seen around before. Sending DeMar back to Toronto, OJ Ananobi, Thad Young, those, are, those would be some players that I'd be highly interested in bringing into this team. The issue that I've come with this, and this is always what I say when people bring up DeMar going back to Toronto, I don't think Toronto wants him back. I don't think that I've seen something that, you know, you see the thing where players on the end of their, like, for example, the Dwayne Wade. when We traded Dwayne Wade uh, to Cleveland and then Cleveland cut him we knew everybody knew he was going back to Miami they wanted to reconcile he went back to Miami he missed being there he ended up finishing his career there right D'Angelo Russell gets traded back to LA don't know necessarily Lakers fans were clamoring for for D'Angelo Russell to come back but he went back there right I don't think Toronto wants DeMar DeRozan back I don't outside of their fan base but I don't think that organization wants to go back there I think they're they're Forging forward, and I think they're actually trying to rid themselves of some things for the past. But again, that's my personal opinion. We don't know that. I don't interview GM, so I can't tell that for sure. But uh, to your trade, this is a great trade idea. I would love bringing an OG an Obi back, especially OG somebody who you look at, he's versatile. six seven, two hundred thirty two um pounds. Uh, he's averaging 16 points per game with five rebounds, two assists on 45% shooting. This is the only season of OG Ananobi's career. He's only 25 years old as well. He fits that timeline. But this is the only season of his career he did not up his point-per-game average over the season prior. We know they've been dealing with some issues and things down there, so it makes sense. If OG Ananobi is available... And if you can facilitate that deal happening via Demar, sending DeMar back to Toronto, you make that happen just for that player, much less the Thad Young of it all. If you can get OG Nobi this offseason, not only does this fit the roster that that AK wants to build, AK loves players with the semi tall players with long wingspans that can play, uh, that are versatile in positions that they can play. You look at Daylin, you look at uh, 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 Io, you look at Patrick Williams, they're all that, right? And OG Ananobi comes in as a player that's proven and able to get his, be a solid role player um, in that high-level role player, because he's not a star-level player, that can come in and ball out and fist the Chicago Bulls' timeline. All those things will be great for the Chicago Bulls, and that? It's probably why it's not going to happen because things that seem and would work out for the Bulls seem to never happen for this organization. But I tell you what, I love your mindset. I love the turning defense into offense. That is what this team's identity, I think, theoretically should and and would be if AK had the perfect roster that he wants, that he envisions. I think that's what we see him drafting as. I would love to see that type of roster here in Chicago. Like I said, though, I just don't know if that happens because I doubt Toronto once DeMar DeRozan back but hey I could be wrong on that and we'll see what happens in this offseason thanks for the voicemail Andre let's get into this next one this one's from Michael Korn
3: hey hey it's Mike Cornier, how you doing the reason I love your show is you remain joyful in spite of just how fucking brutal uh the Bulls are sorry for uh myself with the swear words but um uh I like the Bulls players I and mean, I have some issues with some of the you know the uh each of their games, et cetera, but as people, man, and just just plays. I like them. Um, but, uh, how can you not adjust? There's no fucking reason why the bulls as, uh, athletes aren't like shooting more threes. I mean, that's just fucking unbelievable at this point. And what's crazy about it is the coach to the front office, it's kind of like their, their answers are just so, empty, you know, it's like, come on, these are athletes, and and I'm 67 years old, I still try to run full court, at least I did last summer, we'll see how this summer goes, but uh, in any form of basketball, to compete, you change your game if it's not working, how fucking hard is that, that's just a, uh, again, sorry for the profanity uh, but, uh, my kids are all adults now, so I guess I, I shouldn't be that worried about it. But in any case, man, uh, um, keep up the job as brutal as this season is. Uh, we'll keep listening. Um, at this point, uh, after the All-Star break goes, okay, let's, I want to see the Bulls win, not tank. Um, I don't know what, uh, the, the percentages are. How at this point, if, you know, if, if, let them get, uh, the, uh, have the, you know, uh, a small possibility, go for the, for the ads and, and getting like a top four player, uh, out of school or out of the, the G, you know, out of, from wherever. But, um, yeah. uh, it's, it's disgusting. That's just adjust your game and shooting more, the rebounding. I'm sorry. I know you've stuck up for Vooch uh, uh, saying he's been our most consistent player, but man, he's soft too. I'm, I'm tired of just like, uh, we, we get, even a game against Phoenix, the guy with the beaver haircut who was uh, uh, subbing for DeAndre, uh, he was manhandling Vooch and the Bulls. Th- this has got to stop, man. Anyway, uh, thanks for letting me rant. Uh, we'll talk and uh, li- you know keep listening, man, and uh, keep watching. I don't know about, <laughs> but at least I'll keep listening. Hey, talk to you later. Have a great week, Michael Corn hitting on what
1: we what's frustrating us all. The lack of three-point shooting, this, listen, this is a, a league that has right or wrong, whether we agree with it or disagree with it, the league has gone a, a heavy three-point shooting league. And when you see the teams that run the most successful offense, they're high-volume three-point shooting teams, and it's just math. The Bulls are being defeated by just simple math, right, with their inability to shoot threes and make threes at a high level when other teams are. It's just math, and it's killing the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, to Michael's point, at at some point you have to adjust your roster to match up with what or you have to be extremely elite in everything else that you do. Meaning, and as I said, the Bulls have to be an extremely elite defensive team if they're not going to shoot three pointers to match what the other teams are doing. Zach Levine said it. He was quoted after the game before just saying how tough it is when you when you when you're hitting twos instead of threes. They don't have a lot of high volume three point shooters on this team. Shout-out to DeMar did take more threes than the last game, but I don't think he made a single one of them. So it's it's not even as simple as just taking more threes for certain players. Some players just don't have that skill set. We'll see who adds it to their game and things like that. The lack of adjustment overall, that is a Billy Donovan thing. Uh, and, and you know, we don't make the necessary adjustments that we need to do in some games. We just don't do it consistently. And so it's definitely those things are hurting the Bulls. They have been hurting the Bulls. They're going to continue to hurt the Bulls, especially this season. We'll see next season. I don't have much faith in Billy Donovan adjusting his game, but I could be wrong. And if I am wrong, I'll be right here and I'll say it, and we'll see what happens. But as of right now, Billy Donovan hasn't given much room for hope that he's going to change the way that he plays and coaches and the lack of adjustments that are there. That's my thoughts. You guys can let me know what you think on everything down below. Thank you for tuning in to the channel. Make sure you're following us at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod and gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and a voicemail like you heard on today's episode, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can, y'all. Peace.